Excited to be back to talk about episode. What is this? Episode nine? Episode eight? Episode eight of season two of Glee, entitled "Furt." It's one letter away from a very, very funny word because I am still mentally in third grade. But alongside with me is my co-host Matt. How are you? Happy, Actually, happy to be here for a very fun wedding episode, a uh, double wedding episode. This is uh, another good one. This season just keeps cranking out the hits and uh, have not been disappointed really so far. Yeah, I, I'm starting to wonder how many uh, wedding episodes does Glee have? I feel like we have quite a few, actually. Uh, I don't know if we want to like spoil the later seasons, but... Yeah, I um, guess we won't. I guess we a won't, couple, but... A couple more along the way. <laughs> there are a few more definitely coming, yes. Some of them don't even get... Well, you'll find out soon enough. (laughs) (laughs) But um, very, very excited to talk about this episode. This is a pretty pivotal moment, not just for the wedding, but for uh, one other thing as well. So I often found that this episode had me feeling a little strange because of the, the severity of some of the issues in this episode interspersed with the comedy that Glee also likes to espouse. Um, And there are definitely moments where I'm like, "Uh, I don't know if that scene was written the best way that it could be written, um, given the heavy subject matter. But it was still entertaining nonetheless, and I still feel like they did a good job of um, getting just how serious some of this stuff was across. Yeah, this episode is a pretty big mix of a lot of different things. And, you know, Glee kind of like... I don't know. I don't know if it's as much as other shows. It feels to me like more than other shows kind of just drops things on you. And it's like, here you go. Here's a wedding that you had no idea was coming. Uh, These two, you know, Carol and Bert were dating for however long. And then all of a sudden we're getting married. Um, So a lot of things like this just kind of get dropped on you super quick. And it's like, here you go. Um, So when you combine the wedding with like you said, like everything else that's going to happen. It is just a weird combination of storylines that like don't seem like they are natural fits to go together. It seems like you would like, I feel like if this was before my rewatch that I did a couple months ago uh, and you asked me, was the episode where Kurt gets bullied to the point where he decides that he's going to leave McKinley uh, also in the same episode as when Bert and Carol get married. I definitely don't think I would have thought that Uh, they do cram a lot in here, but um, I don't know. We'll, we'll obviously get into like how it all played out. I think uh, I still enjoyed it, but it's uh, it is a lot in this 43 minutes. Right. So uh, just as Matt said, we're going to open up this episode with Carol and Bert. Um, They came to school to drop some, some news to Kurt and Finn. Um, and pretty much come right out with it uh, and say, hey, Bert has proposed. We are getting married. Kurt, of course, is excited and already uh, ready to plan the entire wedding. And Finn is, I guess, more on the audience's side of things, I would expect, because like Matt said, this is sort of dropped in on us. I mean, they've only known each other for what, about maybe a month and a half, maybe two months. Like, yeah. <laughs> this, is, this is some pretty uh, 
pretty and well i mean maybe maybe a little bit longer than that maybe i'm not giving it as much justice because they 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 moved in together at the end of season one so they had the entire summer together to date so i guess it was a lot longer than that i'm being i'm being uh i'm exaggerating so maybe more about six months which i guess when you when you reach a certain age you don't need as much time to like know what you want because you already know what you want. So I guess if like you're, if you're dating somebody for six months and you just and it feels right and you've already moved into one another, like, hey, what's the next step? Get married. Exactly. Yeah, they moved in pretty quick. Uh, the the time frame is uh, you know shorter than I think traditionally people expect. But I was gonna say exactly what you said that you know when you get older, I think that's what people say all the time that if you if you know then go for it. Why not? You know, you're not, uh, you're not going to get any more time down the line. So let's do it. Um, but yeah, this wedding is, uh, about to be underway as we have the wedding planner, of course, in Kurt. Um, so he's excited about this announcement. It's, it's very funny that Bert decided that he was going to propose in the exact same room that they met, which if you don't remember was during a parent teacher conference night and Kurt introduced them and like just in one random classroom. So that's where Bert proposed to her. And like, he makes a comment about how uh, there was other kids like in that whole room at the time that he proposed. So like Finn and Kurt found out after like 30 of their other classmates that were just trying to get to <laughs> the home room. Uh, so really, you know, romantic gesture from Bert Hummel there. Uh, but yeah, Kurt's excited. Bert is talking about how they're going to use all their money. They're not going to like have a big, expensive wedding because they want to use their money to uh towards the honeymoon so they're Mm -hmm. happy to just kind of keep things small and simple but uh the one thing that he does want is a band he wants a heck of a band because he's been eating well and working out and he wants to dance with carol he wants to dance with his wife at his wedding uh and he's like happy and healthy enough to do so so kurt has a lot of planning to do lots of planning and like I said, Finn was a little reluctant, but he sort of caves for his mom when she's like, come on, Finn, be happy for me. And of course, how he, how can you say no to your mom when she's asking you to be happy for her? So that's where we are with that. They're getting married. Yes, yes, yes. Um, yes. And, and the uh, the band has already been decided on within seconds. Kurt has uh, decided who he's going to pick out as uh, as the entertainment of the night because it's pretty obvious at this point. Might as well just have the Glee Club. They're free. I mean, yeah, they're free. And they're... Pretty talented, so hey, it's a win-win. Sue is going to be embarrassed because Rod Remington, one of the uh, co-anchors for the Evening News, proposed to his co-anchor, Andrea Carmichael, and she's like, how could you do that? Especially right after I do my Sue's Corner when everybody knows that we dated and now you're proposing to some other woman right in front of me? Like, this is just this is just." horrible and of course andrea is like well you know you're kind of one of a kind sue you're you're an odd person you're probably never gonna find anybody and this is going to inspire sue to try the world of online dating yes she is back in her office embarrassed and she nothing sue sylvester hates more than being embarrassed so you know rod remington has has gotten a dig in on her for the last time and she's going to do something about it so we see as sue is going to send out some invites and we're kind of confused as to why that is but then as we see as alan just said you know she's going to try online dating and she finds one match only one match that fits the criteria of somebody who would be interested in sue sylvester and that is one sue sylvester Yeah, um, I mean, I guess if you can't love yourself, how in the hell are you going to love somebody else? So Can I get an amen? Amen. If somebody wants to go ahead and show themselves a little affection and throw a wedding for themselves, I'm all for it. So I get it, Sue. I don't know if I would have invited as many people as you invited. She invited uh, the Obamas. 
<laughs> she invited damn near the entire planet yes. to this wedding. Um, so, hey, this is where we're, you know, Sue is also feeling a, a bit of the love in the air. We're getting Kurt and Bert getting married. Or Kurt and Bert, oh, wow. We're getting wow. Bert and Carol getting married. And we're getting Sue and Sue getting married. So this should be fun. I'm excited yeah, to you, see where this goes. You were teasing about how uh, Bert and Carol weren't together for long enough to be married. Sue and Sue have been together for about five minutes when she makes this decision. I guess <laughs> yeah, technically right? you could say that she's been together with Sue her whole life. Uh, mm-hmm. So maybe there's an argument there. But, I mean, this relationship technically has only existed for a matter of minutes when the wedding invitations are sent out with Becky Jackson to, uh, to, to invite the Obamas and everybody else to the wedding. Do you think do you think anyone at the school is getting an invite? That was a pretty thick pile of invitations. It was like a mountain. Uh like is she going to invite Will? Is she going to invite anybody? I don't I don't I don't know. I feel like she would invite Will. Obviously Becky's invited. Becky's of course, yes. Mm-hmm. Cheerios, are the Cheerios going to do some kind of number there? Oh, the Cheerios better do some kind of number there. Figgins and his wife so that she can, you know, blackmail him some more. <laughs> Yeah, you're having sex with your husband was the entire reason why I decided to get married to myself because never again. Yes. We'll make a we'll make a list, like a David Letterman countdown. Top ten people that are not invited to Sue's wedding. <laughs> Meanwhile, Sam is gonna be pumping iron in the locker room in the hopes of becoming the quarterback once again. His shoulder still hasn't quite healed all the way, but it's well on its way. Um, he just kind of wants to get back on top. He tells Finn, I'm on the verge of becoming one of the most popular guys in school. It's no offense to you. I like you and everything, and I'm I'm enjoying our time together in Glee Club, but I really just want my spot back on top. Um, and Finn is like, I didn't really peg you for the kind of person that cared about that kind of thing. And he's like, don't we all care about that kind of thing? And it's like, yeah, he's really got you there, Finn, because you definitely care. You want, you wanted, you were pissed off when you didn't, when you, when you lost your quarterback position to him. So yes, everybody cares about this kind of thing. Uh, but Finn is going to continue to try and sort of like neg Sam here. He's like, well, becoming the quarterback isn't going to put you back on top, especially when you can't even convince Quinn to be your girlfriend and uh, been there, done that. So good luck with that. And that's sort of, you know, he kind of takes that to heart because the next thing that we're going to see is Sam talking to Quinn and essentially telling her that he loves her and getting down on one knee and opening up a little box, a little ring in there. And of course, Quinn is just like, what the hell? No, 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 no. I already, I already, look, I got knocked up last year. I carried a baby to full term. I delivered the baby. I gave away the baby. And now all of a sudden you're trying to get me to do marriage as like the theme for this season for me. That's my story arc this time around? No. Screw you, Ryan Murphy, and screw you, Sam Evans. This is not happening again. Yeah, no. She got her Cheerio position back. She's the, you know, head Cheerio on the, on the squad again, and she's happy with that. She's got a boy that is, like, very much into her, but, like, there's not much of a commitment there. Obviously, like you said, there's no baby involved. Like, seem, things seem to be going well for her. She's got the Glee Club, like, you know, love and support like usual. So, you know, not much to complain about. Uh, but then, like you said, we're going to come in here with a uh, a ring has to come out. It's not a, not a marriage ring, but, you know, we got to get a promise ring because uh, Sam and Quinn, who have only known each other for, like, a month or so at this point, are, uh, you know, he's trying to make sure that, like, th- this is just such an extra way of asking uh, somebody to be your girlfriend it's like just just ask the stupid question you you 10th grader whatever the hell you are uh, is he is he's a sophomore yes so big big question to be popping here <laughs> will, will you accept my promise ring and the answer is uh not right now no 
I mean, I feel, yeah, I agree. It's such a, that's a, a very big commitment because you're not just asking somebody to date you. You're essentially asking them to make a promise that you will be the last person that they date. At least that's the, that's what I thought promise rings were. It's like, I promise that we are eventually going to get married. I mean, and Quinn or Sam says as much saying like, I, I do want to marry you, but this, this isn't like a proposal. This is just a proposal for the proposal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's a lot. And I mean, I guess Quinn, uh, if, if there's anybody that wants that sort of lifestyle, it is Quinn. She That is something that she wants for herself. That is a big yeah. status thing for her. She wants to be married. She wants to be a wife. She wants to have a family one day. So I guess, you know, know your audience. And Sam knew his audience here. But mm-hmm. she doesn't quite say yes. She closes the box. He thinks it's a no, but she says it's a maybe. So he's working his way up in there yes we uh we we're not going to get quite three weddings in one episode so we'll uh, <laughs> we'll have to progress slowly with these two which is not a problem not a problem at all all right so finn is feeling a little threatened by sam after having that chat with him um and it sort of wants to do something at the wedding that's going to show his leadership skills to the rest of the glee kids um and kurt suggests that he does a mother a mother-son dance with carol um, and he's not that about it at first because, you know, Finn's not the best dancer, but Kurt is imploring him, like, no, this is the thing that is going to put you on top. Trust me, I have been marrying off my Power Rangers and all sorts of other action figures and shit since I was, like, t- two years old. I know how weddings work. I live them. I breathe them. I eat them. I sleep them. I do everything about weddings. I know this. Trust me. And Finn's like, okay, you know what? I, I-, I got you. Like, if it if it shows how much of a of a good guy that I am and how much of a leader that I can be to the rest of the kids, I'm all for it. So uh, Finn is getting what he needs and Kurt is getting what he needs for this wedding. So it's kind of like a commu- uh, communal relationship here. Yeah, it's a you know, feel-good moment that these two guys who obviously have been back and forth in terms of their relationship have... Uh, you know, they're kind of coming together here and Finn's starting to come around on the idea of the wedding because at, at first, obviously, we saw that he wasn't too too thrilled about it. But, um, you know, he's he's letting Kurt kind of get him a little bit more into the idea, especially with this dance and everything. Um, so it's a very nice moment that's going to turn very dark uh, very quickly because as we've you know been keeping an eye on the Karofsky and Kurt situation, can't have Kurt at his locker without Karofsky coming up and, you know, threatening to kill him or punching him or kissing him or whatever the hell. So Karofsky He's going to, of course, show up here and this this little wedding statue that Kurt had in his locker. uh, Kurt was like holding it so dear and just kind of using it as his reminder, I guess, of everything that he was planning and whatever. Uh, And Karofsky is going to come up and snatch it from him and say, uh, hey, can can I take this? And he's got Kurt so intimidated, so terrified, so scared. It's like a part of Kurt that we have not seen yet. Uh, Like we know that he gets upset, obviously, when he gets bullied by Karofsky, but we've never seen him, I don't think, get this terrified before. He's usually just he usually just seems annoyed about it uh, or I mean upset to an extent. But like this is the first time that we genuinely see like the fear in his eyes as Karofsky is, you know, trying to take this wedding figurine from him um and kurt just ends up crying and you know will schuster of course walks by at the end and does absolutely nothing about it with karofsky it's it's just it's such shit it's such 
bullshit. Everything about this situation is bullshit. You saw it happen, Will. You saw it happen, and you walk up to Kurt all tenderly and lovingly, like, oh, are you okay? No, bitch, he's not okay, first of, of all. He's and not okay. Go over, like, you saw what just happened. You saw him walk up to him. You saw him tower over him. You saw him take his finger and press into his chest, then take something of his belonging and pocket it. And Kurt is just standing there. All these, and you weren't the only person that saw that, Will. So the fact that later on in this episode we're gonna get, oh, no one can, you know, no one can attest to it. When he's getting shoved into the lockers, that aren't, that's not like quiet either, right? Like getting shoved into the lockers is not something that you just don't, that you just don't see. So the fact that no one was willing to attest to the fact that Kurt was indeed getting bullied later on in this episode is just such bullshit to me and the fact that will is so like you have no problem standing up to sue i ain't seen you buck mm-hmm. up to a man yet like <laughs> like what where like where 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 is it like between will and finn they're both just such bitches that they won't stand up to this kid like like first of all like Finn is the same age as him and he's got this whole football thing which like I'm not excusing it by any means but like it's in comparison to the will uh, not standing up to Karofsky it's like you are a grown ass teacher a grown ass man and these are your students and you care so much about them and this is like the hundredth time this year that you have seen with your own eyes something happened between Kurt and Karofsky and instead of doing a single thing about it in terms of uh getting Karofsky in front of you and sitting down with him or bringing Karofsky himself to Sue's office or to Friggins' office at the time, he's going to take Kurt to there and say, you know, Kurt, tell Sue everything that just happened. And it's like, as much as even Will being like a witness to it, that does absolutely nothing. You're just letting this guy run around the school, continue. Like, it's probably not just Kurt. I'm sure it's like plenty of other kids at the school that are getting the same thing. So fuck Schuster. Yeah, all the way, all the way. He's going to show up. He's going to take Kurt to Sue because um, she is the principal now. The conversation pretty much culminates in to Sue saying that there isn't much that she can do. Um, even if even if he has shoved Kurt, you can't really suspend or expel anybody for shoving. I guess I guess there's like a there's levels to this shit. OK, there's like certain amounts of violence that you're allowed to get away with. And shoving is one of them. Um, and there's really isn't any other evidence of physical harm. Um, he's, she sort of just hits them with the tough love speech. Saying, you know, I've been bullied. Everybody gets bullied. It, it's, it, it's horrible. It stinks. But I came out of it a stronger person, and so shall you. And Will is sort of like calling bullshit on that. Like, that, is that really all that you have to say? And yeah, that's kind of pretty much all that she has to say. Um, Kurt is saying that it's the fear that's the worst part of this. Like, he doesn't know when it's coming. He can't concentrate. He's like, you know, he, he cannot go to school without fear of being persecuted or attacked like how are you supposed to come to your place where you're supposed to learn you're supposed to feel comfortable and he can't do that because there's this kid that is going to come around the corner and shove him into a locker every other five seconds sue assures him that if karovsky lays a finger on him which he already has then he will be expelled throughout this entire meeting she's been calling him lady uh before he leaves kurt says that calling him lady is actually bullying to which Sue is going to reply with, "Oh, I'm sorry. I thought that was your. I thought that was your name. So I'll give you three nicknames <laughs> to choose from. Three, three options here. You can pick: Porcelain, Gelfling, and Tickle Me Doe Face. Yes, this is where he uh, he's going to pick Porcelain, and that is uh, that's going to stick for a long time for the rest I, of the series. I the forgot that this is where see, the, with this is where Porcelain was born. I always just thought it was just like." 
Because I remember her always calling him a bunch of names, but I don't remember this particular meeting. I just thought that she might have just zeroed in on porcelain and that was the one that she chose. But the mm-hmm. no that Kurt actually chose it is just funny to me. But this is where, like, what I had mentioned at the top of the show about how the tonal dissonances, you know, sort of, like, take the episode. I get taken out of the episode because I'm like, this is a very, very serious meeting. But Sue is also bringing some comedy here where I'm like, I don't really know how to feel about the situation because Kurt also like goes along with it. He's like, okay, well, then I guess I'll choose Porcelain. And I'm like, you were just here because you were fearing for your life. And now you're choosing Porcelain as a nickname. I just I need to know what the tea is. I'm just I'm confused. Okay, how am I supposed to feel about this scene? It's kind of like a sign that, you know, this resolution is not not enough for him because at the end of the day he still feels uncomfortable and if he's still like it's like this is such a moment where sue is coming and and like doing the best she can to save the day at this point and like i don't know you you tell me like if you believe her when she says that like there's not much she can do there's nothing she can do um you know she like uh, he's not touching her so and i'm sorry he's uh karofsky's not touching kurt so you know there's nothing that she can do there was a threat made but you know she can give him a warning i guess uh but like that threat wasn't even witnessed by anybody. So I don't know how this actually gets taken care of in schools. Um, you know, what the, what the protocol actually is for it. But like the point of this scene is that Sue is saying that she's on his side. She doesn't want to see him being bullied. You know, she is a pretty terrible person in all aspects um, or in most aspects, you know, besides when she's with her sister, all other times we see she's pretty horrible. Um, but in this moment, she's just coming through and like trying to be there for him. And it's, confusing because this is not sue this is not what you're used to seeing but then yeah i mean at the end you get this little reminder that no she is still sue because she's giving him these ridiculous nicknames because she refuses to call him by his real name and if she had her way she would have been calling kurt tickle me doughface for the rest of time i mean i just i cannot ask the obvious question in is there no are there no cameras in mckinley high school is there nothing that can vouch for Kurt when he says that he's been getting shoved in the lockers. Oh, yeah, I mean, because yeah. he's not the only one. I mean, uh, Tina can attest to it, too. She got pushed by Azimia the last time. So, I don't know. I, yeah, no, I mean, a time with that shot, I don't I see guess. people getting slushies in their faces. Like, is the janitor just, like, not cleaning it up? Like, I... <laughs> I don't know. It's just like yeah, no. That, the answer has to be that there are no cameras. Cameras, if cameras existed, they would have seen all of this happening all the time. The slushies are like a gnome thing, and those still seem to get by. I guess, I guess the school board has no rules against uh, slushies to the face. But um, I guess like the one thing that she's trying to say is that like he's saying that she that he's being threatened, but obviously even if there was a camera that couldn't pick up on the threat so it's like one word against the other uh i don't know it sucks for kurt here he's obviously been pretty uncomfortable lately and even the people that are trying to help him at this point will and sue which is really not much because will could have done so much more and so much earlier um you know it's just not enough he he especially especially knowing in the back of his mind that there is another school out there that does not allow this to happen and where he is accepted for who he is from the second he walks in the door so mm-hmm. you know you're uh he's he's on his way out yeah just very shitty situation all around so the girls are going to get an idea well rachel more specifically is going to get an idea she rounds up the girls that all have boyfriends on the football team. And she says that Kurt is in serious danger right now. He's not looking good. He's losing weight, not in a good way. And I just think that it would be a good idea if all of us convinced our boyfriends to confront Karofsky so that we can put an end to this. 
Quinn isn't necessarily convinced that this is the method that which they should take. And Santana even shows up like, why wasn't I invited to this? I'm dating Puckerman. And like, no, you're kind of just sleeping with Puckerman. That's not really dating him. But I'm like, so what? Like, he's, she still has influence over him. She could still be invited to this little sit down. She still should care for Kurt as well. Like, as many numbers as you can get, get them. Um, but Quinn's, Quinn's main gripe with this is that she wasn't, she isn't sure if fighting violence with violence is like the correct solution. And I don't even know if that's what Rachel was suggesting here. I just think that she was suggesting the guys are going to have influence over that. And of course, we as girls, maybe it'll be a little bit harder for us to confront Karovsky, but maybe he'll take it a little bit more seriously if a bunch of guys that are on his team all confront him, not like beat his ass or anything, but just say, hey, leave Kurt alone here. And I'm kind of with Rachel. I mean, Quinn says that this sets the feminism movement back a few years, and I'm like, I don't really know what this has to do with feminism. I think it's just her trying to protect her friend. I mean, I guess they're saying, well, we could we could, we could, could all stand up to too as women. I guess that's what Quinn is trying to say, but I don't necessarily know if that means that going and asking the guys for help is a bad thing either you know what i mean like what what's wrong with asking them Mm -hmm. to help when they are the people they're the people that talk with him they're the people that play football with him they're the people that he's around all the time so if you have those people that are in your circle that are like we're not going to take this shit anymore you need to stop i feel like that's going to have much more influence over people that he doesn't even have to deal with yeah i mean at the end of the day i think we all kind of realize that nothing is going to work on karofsky he's obviously got bigger issues on his mind and things that he can't accept about himself and that's kind of what's driving this whole bullying in the first place um so it's like at the end of the day it feels a little like you know pointless that any of this is happening in the first place because nobody's going to get the message across that they want to um but i don't know i I, rachel it's you know at least nice to see that rachel is thinking of trying to get something going here because she doesn't feel like there's anything that she can do and i don't blame her i don't think that there's much that she can do uh you know if she tried to stand up to karofsky he would slushy her just as he would with any of these other girls i think uh that's just the dynamic of these football bullies they slushy everybody and you know i think you know the the point that they're coming across here is that you know the guys are at least uh on a team with him and maybe he'll listen to them for even like a second longer than they would listen to us so um you know worth a shot but it's, again, not like anything's actually going to happen from this. And it's nice just to see that Rachel is caring about Kurt so much, considering Kurt really has felt on the outs like he doesn't have anybody. And we saw, you know, a couple episodes ago that Rachel came around and was like, Kurt, you and I have a lot more in common than you think. And she's doing at least something to try to uh, try to get him to feel comfortable and, you know, fix the situation since Will's not. Yeah, I feel like this is sort of the beginning of Kurt. Like I said before, this is Kurt and Rachel are really coming together here. Um so we also get like a bit of a funny exchange between Tina and and Brittany because I guess she takes this opportunity to be like, oh, wait, so are you and Artie officially a thing now? And Brittany's like, deal with it. But then she's like, hey, when you guys are like hooking up, did he ever just like lie there? And I'm like, Brittany. Oh, my God. <laughs> the man is paralyzed from the waist down. All he can do is lie there. But all right. Yes. <laughs> Moving on. Sue is meeting up with Marsha Dean. I guess she's some sort of like hot shot wedding planner, um, but fires her on the spot for not being enthusiastic about the fact that she will be marrying herself. But who should enter this new character? Guest star Miss Carol fucking Burnett is playing Sue Sylvester's mother. And I tried so hard to find a name for her, but I don't think that they gave her name. I think that they just. Of course she has a name. I couldn't find it. Doris. Like, oh my goodness. Did they say it in the fucking show? 
They definitely say it. I, I don't know. I, my I, name is Doris. I could not find it anywhere. Like, every time I kept looking it up, I was like, oh, Carol Burnett is playing Susie Bester's mom, but I couldn't find an actual name for her. You didn't look wow. very hard. Wow. Wow. Okay, it's well, literally on both Wikipedia sites. Okay, well, I I I I stand corrected. Okay, I also nice. I also tried looking for it. Um, you tried about as hard to find her name as Will did to stop. But uh, I tried looking for it like at the like the last minute before we hopped in the call because I realized that I had just been referring to her as Sue's mom in all of my notes, and I was like, "What's her name?" But then I didn't want to keep you waiting, so I just I didn't look very hard. But <laughs> I was pissed that it wasn't just like jumping off the page. But anyway, Doris is here, played by wonderful <laughs> Carol Burnett. Um, she's gonna come into her office. And we learned that she is a Nazi hunter who is finally off the hunt. She's caught the last Nazi. But being a Nazi hunter is a very, very, very ambitious career and a very time-consuming career. As she did not spend a lot of time with her two daughters. Um, and Sue is visibly not excited to see her mom here because it's like, bitch, you have not been here for the, like almost all of my life. And all of a sudden that I'm getting married, you find it fit to come back. I guess Sue just sort of invited her mom out of obligation because it's my mom, but it upset her because like you I haven't seen you in three years, but the minute I send you a wedding invitation, of course you want to come back because you're gonna take this moment to make it all about yourself. And that's exactly what she's gonna end up doing here. She doesn't quite understand why Sue is marrying herself, but she's like, you know what? Fine. I always knew that you were like a bit of an oddball. I knew like growing up or I knew that while you were growing up you were going to be a special person, so this is not that surprising if I really think about it. But you know what? I'm going to be there for you. I'm going to support you, and I want to sing at your wedding. And <laughs> welcome, Carol Burnett. Welcome, Doris Sylvester, I guess. Yeah, why not? Uh, definitely, that's her name. Uh, Doris Sylvester is here, yes. Um, I definitely love that we can get Carol Burnett on this show here and there. Um, I don't know. I, like, I guess just to come right off the bat with it, I, I tend to like not – care super like a whole lot about the the sue and her mom stuff just because i don't even know why maybe it's just like too much adults like in the same way that i like didn't care when will's parents came by obviously they got like a bigger star for uh sue's mom here but i don't know at the end of the day i'm still like "Eh, this is not the most exciting to me um but i mean you know carol burnett coming in here as doris uh she does a good job with the role so far here and you know we are going to see her again from time to time um and it is you know it's it's just i guess to keep adding on to sue's dynamic about who she is as a person outside of the walls of mckinley she's uh one person at school and then she's an entirely different person with her family she or at least with gene uh with gene she's got like the most loving caring heart um but then you know it seems like with her mom she's pretty much a little bit more like regular sue she's you know not holding back her thoughts about why did you leave us for so long and now you're just back all of a sudden so it's like you know we're seeing sue in a kid role for obviously a change all the glee kids uh are the ones who are usually the in like the the not not the power position whatever the opposite of the power position is um and that's that's sue here for a change she's never been in a position like that so to have somebody you know her her own mother being here to kind of be against her be not an opponent but it it feels like she's an opponent um and she's not trying to fight her because it's her own mother so it's uh you know it's strange for this specific character but i i don't know it's it's something yeah it is something um i guess this is just a little, we're going to get some more backstory here, but behind why Sue is the way that she is. And I guess an absent, well, absent parents in general, because uh, they were both Nazi hunters and her father passed some time ago, you know, not having parents around, especially when you have a 
uh, a, a sister that has Down syndrome and you already have to deal with the people that are going to be asses to her and you don't even have the support of your family. No wonder Sue is such a hard person. Like, it, she did not have an easy childhood. And even if her parents were gone for uh, quote-unquote just causes, like, it doesn't make it any easier. So, yeah, uh, she's but she's back and she's ready to make her daughter's wedding about herself. She wants to sing and she wants to wear white and it's going to be an interesting turn of events. Yeah, she you know wasn't invited initially. So in that whole thick stack of pile uh, of uh, invitations that Sue sent out, there was not an invitation sent out. Um, but she is going to now invite her because she's here, and you know it's she's kind of pressured into it. So uh, she's talking about how she's going to walk herself down the aisle, and yeah, Sue, uh, her mom is going to sing at the wedding. So uh, second wedding that is coming up in this episode. Well, it's not coming up in this episode, but uh, that one should probably be pretty entertaining if it ever happens. So Rachel was going to ask Finn um, to confront Karofsky, but Finn is pretty much going to turn that down. He's like, look, I will help Kurt more if I stay the quarterback on the team. If I if I confront Karofsky, he's not going to want to play very well. We're going to start losing, and then I'm going to lose my spot because we're going to think that I don't know how to lead, and I'm going to be able to help him more if you just let me, if you just let me handle it my way. And Rachel's just like, are you really sitting here trying to tell me that being the quarterback is more important than helping out the boy that's going to be your stepbrother? And Finn pretty much says, yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is such a interesting role reversal because maybe about seven episodes ago, it was Finn telling Rachel, like, you, you need to stop lying to everybody about, about how you're doing this for the team when it's really about you. And now we have Rachel saying, like, you need to do something for Kurt and not do something for the damn team. Like, that stupid-ass football team. And it's just, like, it's it's so crazy to me that Finn is that concerned about this damn... Like, how do you not care about your future stepbrother? I just don't, I just don't get it. It doesn't make any he's, sense to me. Popularity. He needs the popularity. He needs the quarterback role because, obviously, he's been pretty uh, confronted about it from Sam, who wants the spot back. So he's feeling the pressure, and he's not thinking about family. He's not thinking about Kurt at all. So uh, not too surprising at this point. Finn's kind of been neglecting Kurt all season. But at least there are other members of the football team that are willing to stand up to Karofsky because we're going to see here that uh, Artie and Mike are going to actually do something about this. Uh, so the, the meeting of the boyfriends didn't go too well. Obviously, uh, Tina's boyfriend Mike is here and Brittany's boyfriend Artie is here, but Sam is not here at the moment, so you're a little confused. Um, but as it starts, Karofsky is saying to them, like, look, if he wants to be a homo, that's up to him, but don't rub it in my face, which don't you love to hear that line uh, on TV? And then Karofsky's going to end up pushing Mike Chang into Artie in the wheelchair, obviously. Artie falls backwards. Both of them fall backwards. But then Sam jumps in. Uh, so nice to see Sam actually getting involved here. He jumps in. The Karofsky and Sam start pushing each other around, punching each other in the face. Coach Beast comes running in to separate them. And uh, obviously this goes not exactly as intended, but the uh, it went better than them doing nothing, I guess. You know, they go back to the glee club, uh, to the choir room, and all the girls are, like, icing their boyfriends. And they seem pretty proud of the fact that somebody did stand up to Karofsky. And I think that means a lot to everybody in the room, um, especially since somebody did not, uh, you know, participate in this. 
Yeah, everybody was wondering where Finn was. Even Mer- uh, even Rachel really can't even come to his defense. She's pretty much quiet this entire scene, which is a first for her. Mercedes says to Finn, you should have been leading the charge. They should not have gone down without you. Um, but, you know, the, the rest of the guys are pretty much praising Sam for being the one that sort of, like, took the punches, literally. Um, and, of course, Mike and Artie were the ones that initiated the entire meeting. So, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a good thing for Sam here, and it's so ironic that, you know, he... Sam has become the leader that Finn did not want him to become because Finn wanted to take this laissez-faire approach. And I don't even know if it was going to even be a laissez-faire approach because it seemed as if Finn just wanted to maintain his status. He didn't even seem like he... I don't know how you're going to help him from... He's like, you're saying you can help Kurt by staying on top, but you technically already are on top and you're not helping Kurt. So that means that you just didn't want to do anything at all, which means you're a little bitch, Finn. So (laughs) fuck you. We definitely know you're not getting my gold star here. But, I mean, I just loved this scene entirely. I loved watching Artie and, and Mike and Sam stand up to Karofsky because there is such a... there At least for, in my experience, it's been hard getting to know and having having and maintaining friendships with straight men because of the fact that there is such a stigma against us and that every gay man wants to secretly be with um, their straight friends and... The, the, the predatory gay archetype is just, like, ever-present in their minds. So it's just, like, there's so many barriers to just having a platonic relationship with other men. And that's and that really, really sucks because, I mean, now that I think about it, like, I really don't have that many straight male friends in my life. I have a few. I probably have – I might even venture to say that I have maybe more than most gay men. I don't know. But it's it it's not because it was an easy thing to get. You know what I mean? So watching a bunch of straight men – actually help out their gay friend was like it it was very it was touching for me because it's something that you don't necessarily see a lot of the time and if if you do see it it's very like it's not as like to the point of like i will beat your ass if you don't stop it's more like oh leave him alone let the guy breathe like he's not bothering you it's like no like stand up to that motherfucker like 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 beat his ass like i don't condone violence but in this case like no beat his ass because he's threatening he is threatening his life okay you don't need. There is no like. There is no other way to respond to this kind of bullshit. So okay. I was happy to see this. And the one guy who could easily take uh, Karofsky, no problem. Where the hell is Puck? Well, he was there, but he couldn't because he was on probation, which I get. Oh, because, I must have missed that. Because he was there and he wanted to jump in, but he 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 could not do it. And that's like I, that's understandable. Like I get it. Like you're trying yeah. to be on the up and up. You don't want to go back to juvie. I mean, you had your nipple ring pulled out. You didn't lost your damn waffles. Like I get it. You don't want to go back. <laughs> But you know, at least you, at least he was there and yeah. he was present for it. So All right, yeah, no, I, I, I must have missed that part. But yeah, no, I agree with every single thing that you just said. Uh, it's very touching to see this, and obviously, uh, you know, the the notion of this group of kids, the New Directions, all being one family, has been present since season one. That they all con- they all come together and they all care for each other. And even at times that you know things kind of fall apart in times like this, um, you know. They are doing what they feel they can do to stand up to Karofsky. They're going directly to the source. They're not all just going to sue to say, no, we heard this, we heard that, we saw this. Uh, they're going directly to Karofsky to try to scare him off and tell him to back up. Otherwise, you know, you're going to have all 12 of us on your ass again. And that's, you know, it scared him the first time. But I don't know, maybe it's not working a whole lot the second time, especially now that Karofsky's got like personal feelings invested in this. I don't know. So yeah, it's it's nice to see. It's just unfortunate that it's not going to do a whole lot to uh, you know help Kurt out. Mm-hmm. Um, so Sue and her mom, Sue and Doris, <laughs> uh, 
are going to rehearse uh, a song that she wants to perform at the wedding. So they sing Ohio. Why, oh, why, oh, why, oh. We're going to get some interspersed dialogue uh, with Sue pretty much still complaining about the fact that um, Doris was never there for her and Jean, and every response that she ever got was about hunting Nazis, and Doris like, I did it for you guys, I did it because I wanted to, I wanted to, um, to make sure that you guys would be able to live a Nazi-free life, I guess, and, you know, they have, like, a bit of a touchy moment where, like, towards the end of the song, it looks like, you know, more than anything, yes, of course, Sue is upset with Doris, but, like, she's here now, and they're singing on stage together, and, you know, like, I mean, I, you're still my mom, I'm still gonna love you, and it, it felt like Doris was like, yeah, I, I know that I wasn't the best, but I, I still love you, too, but then as soon as that song is over, she's like, well, that wasn't as good as I thought it was gonna be, <laughs> then <laughs> she leaves to go get her dress fitted, and I'm just like, okay, this sucks, <laughs> like, yeah, they and then she she makes a comment. She's like, "Yeah, I'm gonna wear a white uh, wedding dress. Hope that's okay." Uh, it's like, where did you guys got nowhere just now? Absolutely nowhere. You sang a song together, and both of you still feel the exact same. I thought songs were supposed to fix things mm-hmm. over in this universe. Did nope. not at all. No, they did not. All right, so Kurt is going to be helping Finn and Bert uh, with the dancing for their wedding. Uh, Karofsky is. I don't know why they're doing it during school hours, but whatever. Karofsky. Karofsky is going to be uh, passing by the choir room as they're in there dancing together. Finn wanted to shut the door all along because he didn't want people seeing him and Kurt dancing together um, for this exact reason. Karofsky makes my eye contact with both of them and then, like, you know, does this, like, the little gay uh, limp wrist thing yeah. to, to, to Kurt, um, to which Bert is actually going to see it. Um, and he's going to press Kurt for more info. He's going to be like, what the hell was that? Like, who is that guy? Kurt's like, it's nothing. Like, he was just, you know, he's just some guy that's just been harassing me for a couple of weeks. And he's like, harassing how? And Finn's like, tell him. And I'm like, no, Finn, shut the fuck up. Because you could, if you were, if you're pressuring him to tell him and you could have been in, involved in this way from the get-go, like, screw you. Um, and Kurt's like, he's just been pushing me and this, that, and the third. And Bert's like, no, what else? You're not telling me at all. And then Kurt's like, well, he, he threatened to kill me. And, of course, that sends Bert into a spiral because no yeah, one is going to threaten my son okay <laughs> he he kicked out his you know potential future stepson out of the house uh you know Bert did that to, to Finn so obviously he is very defensive of his son and will stand up for him at all costs um so this random kid that's in the hallway of a high school like you stand no chance against Bert Hummel and if he wanted to kill you in this moment he probably would have uh but a that's not a good idea for uh, obvious reasons and b he obviously is not in the best of health so getting this worked up and this you know this animated was probably not great for his heart as Kurt runs out and says to him he's like dad you're sick like stop um which you know again uh good reminder for for Bert because you know we're uh, exactly what I just said like working himself up to that point is probably not great for his health and he was just all excited because he's healthy enough and excited to dance with Carol at the wedding and all this stuff He, he had been sitting on the couch kind of relaxing and resting for a while because he just had a heart attack like a couple days ago or a couple weeks ago at this point. So he obviously is not going to let this stand, though. And they end up in Sue's office with uh, Karofsky and Kurt and uh, both, you know, Bert, uh, Bert and Karofsky's dad. And, uh, you know, they're kind of going back and forth. Kurt's spilling some information here, but also tiptoeing around the information because 
uh, he's still being kind enough for some reason to not spill exactly what happened between him and Karofsky and obviously talk about the kiss. Um, he, I, I don't know, some, somewhere deep in his gay heart, he knows that this is tough for Karofsky um, and that he doesn't, you know, he wouldn't want to out somebody in the same way that he wouldn't ever have wanted somebody to do that to him. You know, even though Karofsky has been so terrible to him, that's, that's not Kurt. He's not going to, he's not going to tell them this, especially in front of, you know, Karofsky's dad here. Um, so he just is, you know, kind of covering it up by saying yeah he just hits me and uh you know i, I didn't want to tell anybody that he hits me uh or whatever so karofsky's dad kind of confronts karofsky and is like no you have been acting differently lately like why would kurt make that up and then of course karofsky's gonna drop a line here and say i don't know maybe he likes me and i'm like okay no kurt just go say it at this point like <laughs> yeah enough. it's i think it's um some very advanced emotional intelligence that Kurt is displaying here because in his mind, it's like if this kid is so closeted that his only way of showing affection or releasing all these, you know, urges that he has is to push me. And then it boils over into him kissing me. And now all of a sudden he's telling me that he wanted to kill me. If I tell anybody, that means that if I tell somebody else in front of him, he might just end up killing himself. Because I'm sure, I'm sure Kurt has probably had similar ideations. I feel like a lot of LGBT youth have ideations of suicide at a young age because of like just all of the bullshit that they have to go through. So the fact that Kurt was still willing to keep this secret is just like, I mean, yeah, it, it, you don't want to say bravo because you want him to sort of stand up for himself. But I think that he's able to realize that him out in Karofsky is not going to help the situation. There's just, there really is no point in doing mm-hmm. it because then what, you know, like what, what, he's, what? And he's terrified too. He's like, you know, if he does say anything, he probably is still pretty terrified about that threat thinking that Karofsky will kill him. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, you're in high school. Somebody makes a threat against you like that. What, you know, in what world are you going to sit back and be like, Oh no, they probably don't mean it. Especially when you're Kurt and you've been getting bullied by this kid who is obviously not afraid to hit you or, you know, do some terrible things to you in the first place. So, uh, I totally don't understand. I totally understand why Kurt would uh, be afraid about, you know, speaking up too much or anything like this. He's probably uncomfortable to be here in the first place, but, uh, obviously that whole thing in the choir room just happened and his dad was there and his dad found out and otherwise his dad would have never even known. So this entire thing is happening against what Kurt would have liked. He would have rather this kind of just, I guess kept happening and maybe he quietly leaves and goes to Dalton or maybe he just kind of keeps taking it either way he was not letting it get to this point uh, by him saying something it had to take Will say something at first uh, to Sue and then obviously his dad stepped in here so he's obviously pretty intimidated Sue is just going to end up expelling Karofsky after hearing both sides of the story and you know that's where we think that this was all going to end so it's the wedding day and uh, we are going to see Santana helping Finn with his tie at the wedding. Santana starts to taunt him. I think that she sort of like wants another shot with Finn here. Um, and she taunts him with the fact that Sam is becoming the new Glee favorite, you know, with everything that he did for Kurt. Um, and she suggests that, well, how about you spill the tea about how we had horrible, awkward motel sex? <laughs> It'll up your cool factor, right? Um, and Finn ultimately is going to turn it down saying no, but he, he loves Rachel and he, he, he couldn't, he couldn't do that to her and and he's a virgin and everything. And plus he would feel guilty for lying to her about being a virgin because Rachel apparently 
came to tell him some time ago that she lied about actually having sex with Jesse because she wanted to make him jealous. But now it's good because the both of them have not done it because Finn lied to her about actually sleeping with Santana. So now they're both virgins in her mind. So it's good that they can get this over with together. Well, won't not get it over with together, but they can do it. They can they can have they, they can have each other be their first time. Um, and yeah, so like. Finn's like, no, I can't tell her that we've done it because I've already told her that we can't do it, that, I, that we haven't done it, rather. And Santana's like, oh, well then, how about I just tell her then? How about I just spill the beans about being with her, or you being with me, and then what? And Santana's like, or Finn's like, no, you know what? Like, Santana's like, no, I like Rachel, I love her, we're not doing this, back off. And of course, Rachel's going to walk in <laughs> as this is going on. Yeah, uh, I don't know, you know, Santana, this kind of came out of nowhere, but uh, a lot of this episode kind of comes out of nowhere. It's not in Finn's best interest to mention this, but when you're around Santana Lopez and she's got her own agenda, sometimes uh, you don't really get to make the decisions. She is going to tell Rachel, then she's going to go forward with this plan. As of now, it seems like that's not the case, and I don't know why she's doing this on the wedding day of Yeah, uh, like, let them have a good wedding, you little... You bitch! Like, why are you doing this right now? It's so mean. I was, I was like, sad that I was looking at uh, our chart the other day, and I was like, oh, we still haven't given Santana a gold star. And then I was like, she's not making it very easy. She's trying to ruin the wedding day of these two wonderful people. <laughs> like, he's uh, the best man. Like, the best man needs to, like, be there so that he can be the best man. The best, best man for the, the, for the groom, okay? Like, why are we doing this? Like, yeah. it's horrible. But, so, they, they, they resolve, uh, Rachel and Finn, you know, kind of seem to be okay. Rachel comes in and uh, he tells her that she looks amazing and that he really loves her. So they're okay for now, which is good because the wedding is about to start. The Glee kids open up the wedding with a performance of Marry You, which is so cute. All of them come down the aisle with their couples and it ends with Carol and Bert also dancing down the aisle. And it's just so, so funny and so corny, but so pleasant and just just awesome just so cute it is um, it is so like such a nice change of pace from you know the beginning of this episode and just like first of all it's like we only had one song to this point ohio and this is like we're finally getting the glee kids singing and this is over halfway through the episode um this number is so much fun and i knew marry you from glee which uh i say this about a lot of songs but before i knew the bruno mars version and <gasps> i like it better than the Blast bruno mars me. version and the Glee version of this song did much better than the Bruno Mars version on the charts. Uh, it like, I think the Glee version made like top thirty on the charts or something like that, and the Bruno Mars version like barely made it up to like the top like seventy five, if that. So uh, obviously, people were pretty into this cover. It's just adorable. The kids come out; they're all dancing down the aisles in their pairs, uh, and as they walk down to the end of the aisle to wait for the the happy couple, Bert comes running down doing some awkward dad dance moves, and then Carol walks herself uh, down the aisle, and you know Finn starts crying. He sees his mom, and everybody's all emotional, and it's just the cutest number, and I love every second of it. And that's when I start crying. Yeah, I. I love Marry You, and I find it blasphemous that you had not heard heard the original version before uh, the Glee version, but, you know, that's fine. That's... I mean, I can't confirm that. I, it's totally possible that it's the other way around, but I at least remember the Marry You from Glee being uh, the, the one that I thought about more often, I guess, to say the least. Well, um, after the performance, they're going to be standing together, and I thought there was like a bit of a foreshadowing moment here because Carol is just going to hand her 
bouquet directly to Rachel. And I was like, all right, first of all, you're supposed to throw it. Mm-hmm. But are they trying to say that Rachel is the next one to be married? Was like that a part of the original plan for Glee? Hmm. I don't know. Question, questions, questions, questions. I hope not, because she's a junior in high school. So let's <laughs> relax on that thought. But yeah, we uh, we we see the handoff, and it's time to start the, the wedding. And uh, apparently, Kurt didn't want them to start with the prayer because he thought people were gonna fall asleep. So we're gonna go right into the speeches. Yeah. Um, so do you wanna do you wanna read the Bert speech? You want you want me to be Bert? Or you want me to be Carol? You pick. Uh, okay, I'll be Bert. God, Bert. All right, so Bert says, I'm not really known for having a way with words. You know, when you're a kid, adults will tell you a lot of things, but one thing they neglect to mention is how sad life can be. I lost somebody I loved very much, but Kurt, he lost his mom, and that killed me. Well, we got by, but looking back, I want to apologize to you, Kurt. What we were living just wasn't living. You know that saying that when God closes a door, he opens a window? Well, sometimes out of nowhere, he'll do you one better, and he'll kick a whole wall down. He grabbed me by the shoulders, and he pointed me towards the woman right here, and he said, there she is. Go get her. You're everything, Carol. Words can't describe you. You're everything, and I will love you till the day I die. Choking up over here. And then Carol, her speech is going to be, I'm lucky. Most women, when they get married, they get one man. I get two. One of you saved me from my wardrobe, and the other one just saved me. Kurt, you are an amazing man. I'm not only getting a son, but I'm getting a friend. And Finn, I know you were resistant at first, but I am so proud of you. I've watched you grow into a man. But I think I'm most proud that you've become a brother to Kurt. We are four people becoming a family. So that line there about uh, becoming a brother to Kurt, that's like, that's, that's, as the audience, you kind of pause there for a second because you're like, oh, Mm -hmm. is he really becoming a good brother to Kurt? Uh, I don't know. Uh, she clearly isn't aware of everything that's going on at the moment, but hey, we're at the wedding, so we'll just kind of pass right by that for now. Um, and then we go to the I do's. Uh, Bert, do you take Carol? You bet oh, I do. The enthusiastic I do's. And Carol, do you, uh, Car- what did I just say? Carl. <laughs> and <laughs> Carol, do you take this man? Oh, yes, I do. Yes, I do. Uh, mm-hmm. So they are off in love. Time for the reception. Mr. Shu is going to be singing Sway during the reception where the couple is going to have their first dance. After he's done, he go ahead and introduces Finn to come up and make his speech as the best man. Finn makes a speech congratulating the couple, uh, but also for congratulating Kurt. And did you want to read that one too? Why not? Uh, it's these are we're only reading these in case you guys are sorry if you're like sleeping through us reading these, but they're pretty cute and they're like well written monologues and they're an important part of the show. Um, so that's why we thought we would kind of like actually flag them up here. Uh, Finn's speech: He uh, takes a glass of champagne from one of the waiters, holds it up, and says, uh, "Oh hi, yeah, thanks, uh, best man. Right. Well, I uh, I want to propose a toast to my mom, who is so awesome." I mean, somehow, even without one in the house, you taught me what it means to be a man. In Glee Club, whenever two of us got together, we got a nickname. So, you know, Rachel and I are Finchel. Rachel and Puck were Puckleberry. I don't know why he's bringing that up. <laughs> why would he bring that up? Why? <laughs> I don't do know that? why. And she looks very uncomfortable. Uh, and today, a new union was formed. Furt. It's you and me, man. We're brothers from another mother. And quite frankly, no one has shown me as much as you about what it's like to be a man or what it means to be a man. And over the past few weeks, some stuff's gone down, and I haven't manned up like I should have. But from now on, no matter what it costs to me, I've got your back, okay? Even if it means getting a slushy in the face every now and then, 
but you put this entire wedding together by yourself, Kurt. So as a thank you, I had the Glee Club put together a little number in your honor. And you're going to dance it with me, dude. And we go and... into Just the Way You Are. Uh, got double Bruno Mars here. I know. Just nothing but Bruno. Yes. And uh, you uh, were, were uh, are you as critical as, of Finn numbers as I usually am? Um, uh, you you weren't a fan of uh, Jesse's girl as much as I was, but I do like just the way you are. Do you like it? Yeah, I like it. Okay. I think it's cute. Okay, uh, it's a, I think it's a very good number. Uh, Finn, just the emotion behind like his voice and like the passion that he like has behind this song of like singing it to his brother, which obviously uh, some of the early parts of the song are like to a girl, obviously that he's he's singing it to, and he's like directing the first few lines of the song to Rachel. So we kind of cut over to Rachel, and then eventually in the parts about you know uh, loving you just the way you are and wouldn't change a thing kind of that, that all goes towards Kurt. So it's funny how this kind of mm-hmm. gets split a little bit, but, um, mm-hmm. the whole new directions get up. They start dancing. Eventually Finn and Kurt are going to grab, you know, Bert and Carol to come dance with them. Uh, and then eventually they're going to release their parents off to reunite with each other in the middle of the dance floor. And everybody is just crying and enjoying it. And Finn sounds great on this song. And yeah, it's just a very, very fun, quick, peek at this wedding and you know we get some good music some touching moments some tears yeah it's a very i like what you said before it's a very nice uh break from the heavy shit that we were getting um in this episode before and yeah i I love weddings in in um, tv shows because i think that for the most part they usually are always nice breaks and it sort of like just reminds you it, it gives you a chance to see these characters in a new dynamic um, when it's not always about sectionals, it's not always about competing, it's not always about McKinley and all sorts of shit, but it allows them to, it allows you to see them in an entirely new light um, as a family because they are slowly becoming a very tight knit family. So I love this entire scene. It was mm-hmm. great. Yeah, it's great. I, I, like if we were just rating the uh, the the marry you performance, not the marry you, like the entire wedding performance from marry you all the way through just the way you are, uh, that gets zero out of five slushies for me. <laughs> All right. Uh, so, at the rehearsal for Sue's wedding, um, Jeannie is talking to Doris about, you know, this is more the same, like, you know, why did you leave us if you cared about us so much? What was the point of you never spending any time with us? To which, of course, Doris is still going to defend her Nazi hunting days. Um, but it's a short-lived conversation because Sue is going to come in with her legendary track suit dress like i i i capital i conic like what do you even say when she walks out in this dress it is blue obviously a wedding dress is not blue uh Soon she, comes as out in she this walks blue dress. out i just hear i just hear like rupaul's cover girl <laughs> like it's the beginning <laughs> of a judging panel i just that's what i hear i just love it I wish there was like the RuPaul commentary from the judges as uh, as she's making her way down closer to uh, to her mom and to her sister. <laughs> Welcome to the. <laughs> if Jane Lynch ever fucking uh, does a guest spot on RuPaul's Drag Race, like season thirteen, she better wear this dress. She has mm-hmm. to wear this dress. Like, come on. Tracksuit inspired dresses from the girls. I would love that. I would. Yes. Like have the have the. Uh, have the the theme of the week be athleisure. Like, come on. Like, it writes itself. If anybody's listening out there. <laughs> <laughs> they are. I know they are. Hi, Rue. <laughs> oh, my God. But, yeah, so um, she proceeds to start her rehearsal, says her vows, 
has the rings, marries herself, all of that jazz. And Doris is just like, what are we doing? Like, stop this. This is madness. You cannot marry yourself. This is ridiculous. You're not even going to let me sing like you told me that you would. Like, what is this? Like, I really wanted this to be a special moment between me and you girls. I don't care if it's your wedding. I wanted my special moment with my daughters. And Sue is like, Mom, we've had plenty of special moments. You just weren't there for them. And I'm not a, I'm not going to allow you to not be here for the majority of our childhoods and for the majority of our adult lives and then try and call the shots on my special day. Like, screw that. You are a bully. I have never, ever ever come away from a conversation where I did not leave it feeling worse about myself. You literally just sing a song with me two days ago and told me that it wasn't as good as you thought it was going to be. That's the first thing that you say to me after not seeing me for three and a half years because you were out there hunting Nazis that are like freaking 90 years old anyway. Like what is going on with you? Screw you, mom. You're uninvited for my wedding and that's it. That's it. Yeah, it's uh, again, we're, we're seeing a lot more about Sue's dynamic with just outside of the universe of McKinley High School. And I think it's I think it's really comforting to uh, not comforting. Maybe that's a bad word. Just of like it's really like nice to see more about her uh, here and there. We don't even get this much character development from like most of the kids uh, up to this point. But Sue, you know, Jane Lynch is obviously such a big star on this show and they do a pretty good job investing in her storylines and things about her and making you care about her outside of just you know, she's the mean teacher or the mean principal. Like you, you definitely take a vested interest in in her and why she is the way she is and how that relates to how she treats people back at the school. Um, you kind of take a second to think about things when you see, you know, her mom and her sister and all this kind of stuff. So um, it's nice that she's going to stand up to her mom because obviously her mom is not somebody who has treated her very well over the years. At least Jean is still here with Sue telling her she looks beautiful and uh, the two of them can at least have each other. It's a mess. It's a mess. And I'm, 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 t- I'm, I'm quite uh, done with the storyline to be honest. Um, yeah, Quinn saying. is going. I just don't care. Yeah, Quinn is going to decide to take Sam up on his offer of the promise. Uh, so she comes up to him in the hallway, saying, "Like, you know, I really appreciated what you did for Kurt. It was very inspiring. You're becoming um, the leader that you wanted to be, and uh, I can't believe that I've been, you know, pretty much showering you in compliments, and you haven't even noticed that I'm wearing your ring." To which Sam is going to get very, very excited as she leaves. And, you know, punching the air and be like, yes, 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 yes. Now all I got to do is get the quarterback position and then Finn is out of here, bitch. <laughs> yeah, look at you go, Sam. You uh, you have made quite a, an impressive run here to start your uh, McKinley high tenure. Yeah, this was this was a good this was a good episode for for Sam all around, really. Yeah. Um, so they are now officially dating, even though I thought they were really dating already. I mean, she definitely said at the end of duets that they were dating. So whatever. Um. But I guess just the step of having the promise ring accepted was big. So it's whatever. such a big deal for for high school kids. You need that promise ring, otherwise, what does it what does it even mean? What does it mean? What does it mean? All right, Sue is going to inform Carol and Bert and Kurt that Karovsky is going to be returning to McKinley since the school board determined that because there wasn't enough evidence that they could not. Uh, expel him officially which i sort of understand because if there wasn't any evidence the first time you came to sue there really wasn't any more now and sue sort of just like unilaterally made the decision you know now that i've heard both sides of the story you're expelled and it's like well you didn't really get any more proof from 
anybody else. If anything, the only person that really should be expelled, unfortunately, would be Bert. Because Bert can't just, first of all, you really just can't be on school grounds. Second of all, you cannot attack students in the hallway. So Bert really should be the one that's facing some sort of like repercussions. But yeah, unfortunately, because they don't have enough evidence, Karovsky will be returning. Um, and of course, Carol and Bert are united in this. Like, I can't believe that this is happening. This is completely unacceptable. Like, he's he threatened the life of this of this boy, and he's allowed to come back. Like, in what world is this okay? And Sue pretty much agrees with him here. She's like, you know what? You're right. And um, that's why I have tendered my resignation um, as principal in protest. Figgins will be coming back, and maybe I can't help you from behind this desk, but I can be an extra set of eyes out in the hallway, so I got your back, I'm going to be looking out, and, you know, we'll we'll see um, what we can do from here. Yes, so uh, it's like, again, Sue is trying, Sue is doing her best to show him that she's there for him, and she's trying to support him. Obviously, she, did, she literally took a step here in getting uh, Karofsky out of the school by expelling him. Like, she made that call. It was the school board who went back on that and said, no, we can't let this happen because, you know, there's not enough whatever. So she is doing her best. But at a certain point, you know, Kurt is making it very clear that he cannot he can't do this anymore. Uh, Like it's nice, nice gesture from Sue, but he cannot just keep going on being so afraid all the time. He can't live in fear walking around school like no matter what glee club, no matter what brother he has at the school now it's just if Karofsky's there he's always going to feel uncomfortable so it's just he, he can't keep he can't keep doing this he can't he's gotta yeah. go gotta go break the news uh to some people that he's gonna be you know he's gonna have a hard time telling uh this isn't something that he wants to do by any means but at this point what other option does he really have so of course on the day that Kurt decides to leave McKinley and leave the Glee Club is the day that Will is going to be like, oh, I came up with an excellent idea for a solo for you at sectionals. And I really wonder what that was going to be. But he pretty much stops uh, Mr. Shue in his tracks and say, I need to make an announcement first. And he says, pretty much, yeah, Karofsky will be returning and I will not be because I cannot be in the school if he is going to be here. Um, and that means that I will be uh, transferring to Dalton Academy effective immediately. And of course, Rachel is like, does that mean that you're going to be like, you almost had a perfect episode, Rachel. You almost had a 100% (laughs) perfect. Everything was going for you. You talked, you tried to talk your boyfriend into going after him. You didn't even defend Finn when other people were like, were, you know, being down on him. And then with one minute to spare in this episode, you asked Kurt if he was going to be competing against you guys in sectional since he is leaving. To which Santana was about to say something. And I really want, if all times for Santana to stay silent, this was not one of them. But she, know, know. she, was, she was like, you know what? It's not about me. It's not about Rachel right now. This is about Kurt. So Santana says nothing. Already gives Rachel the dirty look. And Mercedes just gets up, like, not knowing what to say. Just says Kurt. And Kurt just can't even... He just doesn't even want to have to deal with it right now. So he's just like, it's bad enough that I've been going through this and I have to go through this on top of all of that. Mm-hmm. I, I just got to go. There's a couple things to unpack here. Just the fact that Kurt is going to tell them that the reason that he's you know going to Dalton, obviously you'll remember that uh, Blaine was telling him to come there a while back, but he was like, listen, it's an expensive school. Uh, so that's not really an option for everybody. But Kurt is going to inform the Glee kids that his parents are using the money that they saved up for their honeymoon, as mentioned at the beginning of the episode, uh, they're going to use that money instead to pay for his tuition so that he can go to a school where he feels comfortable. Um, Finn obviously gets pretty upset here. He's like, what the hell, dude? You didn't even talk to me about this first. So I don't think necessarily that Finn is wrong to be upset about this. But at the end of the day, um, you know, it's 
I don't know. I, Kurt had to make this decision, and um, I'm starting to like realize that Finn gets left out a lot of, of a lot of decision making. So maybe he needs to talk to like his mom about this because I don't know that necessarily it's Kurt's fault. I mean, even even Puck and Sam are trying to stand up and uh, not have him leave. They're like, dude, we can protect you. We can perform. We, we can form a, a perimeter around you, like we're the Secret Service. Uh, but no, none of this is enough. It's like a little too little, too late. And if Karofsky's there, like I said, he's got to go. So sad note to end the episode on here. It was a pretty emotional episode a big roller coaster from start to finish of some fun times some sad times and we're going to end on this note as kurt heads out to go over to dalton and yes rachel he is going to be your competition at sectionals yes he will be your competition at sectionals and he'll beat your fucking ass at sectionals rachel so how about it fighting words (laughs) what about it um but yeah kind of a morose way to end the episode um but i mean he's doing what's best for him like you cannot be in a situation where your life is being threatened like you gotta go so gotta go i think he made the the correct thing and it was such a nice gesture for kurt and or excuse me for bert and carol to make the decision to spend their honeymoon money on a position at dalton for him so that's where we're at with that mm-hmm. and favorite song um we only get four this episode we got ohio Sang by Doris and Sue. Marry You, sang by The New Directions. Sway, sang by uh, Will. And Just The Way You Are, sang by The New Directions and Finn. All right. Uh, You go first. I went first last time, and I just don't know where you're going with this. I mean, I never know where you're going with this, but I don't know. I feel extra that I I feel like... Yeah, just go ahead. So... I'm a big Bruno Mars fan. I love Bruno Mars. Uh, however, I knew that was coming. <laughs> these songs, they're okay for me. I did, I think that Marry You was sweet. I thought it was cool. I loved what they did with it. I really did. Just the way you are, it was, it was just okay for me. I'm going to have to go with Ohio. I knew that was going to be your pick. I know that it's a weird-ass choice. And had you asked me this five years ago or even ten years ago when this season was released, I would have, like, this is this is a song that I skipped. This is a scene that I'm like, I don't care about. But I really, really enjoyed this performance now as I'm a little older. Um, I want to shout out uh, Elaine Mazur. I'm looking at this tweet on our Twitter right now. And, uh, she tweeted us and said, the more... I listen, the more I realize that Amon, Adwin, and I have the same musical taste. So, uh, Elaine, the more you listen, the more you're going to realize that you and I do not have the same musical taste if you and Amon have the same musical taste. It's not to say that I do not like the other songs. I do. I mean, I have every single Bruno Mars album, cover to finish. I have them all. Um, I just, I'm talking, like, in the context of this episode... Um, if I had to choose between a Bruno Mars, it would have to be Marry You. I just felt like just the way you are was just a little, just a little bit too heavy-handed for me, just a little. And I think the way that Finn handled himself in this episode, it made it really, it kind of soured me on it. But I really just, I just enjoyed what they did with Ohio and being like a, a bit of a lesser-known Broadway classic. I just, I, I just, I enjoyed it this time around. I, I really did. It's as All simple right. as that for me. No, that's uh, uh, of course fair as always, and. Uh... I think I made my pick pretty obvious earlier on. Not that I, you know we're trying to hide it anymore, but Marry You is going to be my favorite song. It is one of my all-time favorites, uh, which 
How often do I say that? Pretty often. Uh, it is so good. It makes me actually cry every single time I watch it, which I think the last time I said that was about Bohemian Rhapsody. And I think Marry You makes me cry more consistently than Bohemian Rhapsody does. Uh, Marry You is like just watching the kids all come down the aisle is so much fun when they do that dance, which I wish this was a video podcast. Uh, you know, when they got their arms in the air and they're all running down the aisle together and they're just adorable. Uh, and then they're all like happy and they're waiting for Bert and Carol to come down. And then when you see uh, Finn looking down the aisle and like choked up and he's ready to cry by seeing his mom and she's actually happy for the first time and god knows how long like he's probably never seen her this happy and he just he's like taking everything within him to not break down and cry you know standing up there uh and then it's just a very cute number with some dancing in there with you know mike chang and tina coming in and just everybody's having such a great time marry you is one of my favorites all right i mean it's a good choice <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Um, <laughs> slushy ratings. All right. Uh, I'll keep talking since uh, I had momentum going. Uh, I'm going to give this episode a uh, one slushy. One slushy only here. Um, I felt like I might have been uh, going less, actually. But then as the episode went on and kind of hearing what you were saying earlier, you know, at the beginning of this podcast, that, you know, it is uh, it is a weird mix. Um, I, I don't think it's a bad mix. I think it's just like... They touch on a lot of things here that are not super fun topics, and I don't think that they necessarily handle any of them terribly. It's just like, A, it's not fun, which kind of brings the episode down for me, um, and B, it's like a lot packed in with like it's a lot of it's a lot of both ends of the spectrum like a lot of very dark very sad and a lot of very happy um i almost maybe preferred that they would have done like one sad serious episode and then let the wedding be on its own i don't know but mm -hmm. either way uh the the fun parts of this episode and the parts that were serious but still did well for me uh lead me to to my one um, I think that I have to agree uh, for similar reasons. And also, I just I think something that's saving it for me is what we get to see. Uh, I mean, the wedding is one thing, but I, like I said, I just have to applaud the scene with Artie and Mike and Sam and Karofsky and Puck and all of that. I just that kind of shit just really warms my heart because that's the world that we should be living in. And that's not the case for a lot of LGBT people, um, especially the younger ones. So. I'm I'm all for the gay street alliance, okay? <laughs> there we go. Yeah. Uh gold star. I I know mine. I don't know if you want me to go first or if you I guess we I guess I'm going to have to go uh, You know what? Mm. You know what? No, no. No, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing it. I'm I not doing that. I don't know what. What what? I don't know. I am going to go ahead and give this to oh i don't know you go first i really don't know and maybe you okay maybe my, if i hear I you know what help. i'm doing and it, it feels pretty easy to me uh my gold star is going to sue sylvester she's getting on the board for the first time this season uh which it took her a lot less time last season but we are getting sue on the board here as sue has about as great of an episode as you can ask for she is doing everything seemingly in her power to help Kurt out when this gets brought to her attention at the beginning of the episode she's talking about how she doesn't think that she can do much and um, that's what I was saying earlier that I'm like I have a hard time deciding if I like totally agree that she couldn't do much at the time but um, I don't know I, it just felt pretty genuine that she would have done something if she could and then later on once something does happen and we get you know parents involved and it seems like a little bit more of um, 
you know, kind of confession, maybe this or that or, or whatever it may be. She ends up siding with Kurt and trying to help him out. And then even later on, after the school board reverses her decision, she goes back to trying to comfort him as much as possible. Uh, we have the Sue, like this woman in this episode, I haven't even mentioned yet, uh, but like we have mentioned, I just haven't even mentioned that in the reason why I'm giving her my gold star. It just, she marries herself. I'm on Sue Sylvester married herself who marries themselves. She's, she's the, she's the star of this episode. Okay. I'll give it to Sue. <laughs> you don't have for, to. For all the reasons that you just said. I can't come up with anything better. So go, th- there it is. Sue's getting she two stars. She marries herself. She went and got a bright blue, not bright blue, a, a blue tracksuit dress custom made for her. And she put it on and she married herself. She stood up to her mom, who obviously her mom is presented as like being in the wrong here. Uh, she stood up to her mom. She stood by her sister. She stood by Kurt. This is this is a pretty good Sue episode. You're right. You're right. Who are you? Between, <laughs> uh, who are you between if it wasn't Sue? I don't know. I was like Rachel. wrestling with like Sam and I was wrestling with Rachel and I just man, I just forgot about Sue to be honest. <laughs> but I think I think you're right. So All right, double stars for Sue, one slushy each. So I think we like this episode. And there's still one more before we uh we well not one more before sectionals, one more and now we're at sectionals. Uh we're gonna be joined by a special guest again in that episode. The guests just keep on coming. So many people want to talk about Glee, and we are loving it. So, yeah. All right, well. Uh, make sure that you are following us on quietroompod at gmail.com. Or no, at twitter.com. Our gmail is quietroompodcast at gmail.com. If you would like to follow us individually, you can follow me at Amon Advin. You can follow Matt at Matt Logori. And make sure that you are leaving us star ratings and reviews wherever you get your podcast. It really bumps up our show to get more listens and get more eyes and all sorts of shit. And yeah. Anything else, Matt? Uh, no, I'm just so ready for next episode. There's some iconic songs in there. We'll see you in the next episode at Section Bye! Just say, is it the love?